less than 24 hours, Georgians will be under a shelter-in-place order. McDonald, though, said he did not know the man was handcuffed and was trying to use his foot to pin him to the ground so he could be handcuffed. If your friends, neighbors, or local organizations are not complying, report them to us. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Free Georgia Podcast. My name is Jake Green. Welcome to episode number 36. Um, let's start off by saying... If you find this interest, if you find this uh, episode interesting, informative, if it intrigues you, um, if anything we talk about worries you or or makes you think of an idea for a possible solution to what we're going to talk about today, please reach out to us. Um, LPGeorgia.com is our website. You can reach out to me personally at podcast at LPGeorgia.com. Um, if you go over to our website, we have tons of great information. Um, there's lots of good resources and lots of good people behind a lot of those links that you can click on. Um, I'd like to mention that we've got a brush fires speaking course that you can sign up for. Um, it'll help you with public speaking. Uh, we've had a few people go through it and it's been a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, we also have range day coming up two a range day at Osprey shooting solutions um, from Edgar Mills, $50 for the day. Um, go to our website. It's a little link at the top and it's in Rome, Georgia on July 29th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. We did it last year. It was a blast. A lot of people showed up, had a great time, learned a lot because um, Edgar is freaking knowledgeable as crap. He's just extremely knowledgeable dude, good dude, um, and it's a friend of the party. So go on over to lpgeorgia.com and you can learn about all this stuff along with a whole lot more um with that being said today we have miss elizabeth melton joining the podcast today elizabeth how are you doing i'm great thanks awesome um you have a little pet project or a couple that you've been working on um what can you tell people what the banished big brother project is well, a few months ago, I was actually on the podcast and we were talking about the Smart Cities initiative that's happening in cities all over the country. And one thing that I found as we started spreading information about this is that people kind of feel helpless. They see this and they're like, OK, so they're doing this, but what can I do about it? I'm only one person. And so the Banish Big Brother project is a way for people to come together in their communities and look at this smart city stuff and just basically like an action plan to get together with other groups and say, well, what do we want to do about this? And mm -hmm. there are lots of different options and lots of different ways that you can handle this, you could do something as simple as demand that your local city put whatever they're doing on their website so that everybody can access it and see exactly what they're doing and what kind of information they're getting. Or you could, if, if it's not in your community yet, try to stop it from coming into your community. So it's, it's not really an all or nothing thing. There are little steps along the way that you can take, but 
everybody can do something to try to limit this, mm. if not get rid of it. Heck yeah. Um, completely agree. There are just so many little things you can do along the way, even in just your personal life um, to help mitigate some of the things that are coming down the pike with, with some of this massive surveillance stuff that they have going that come into each city. Um, if someone were to enter their email address into our website, banishedbigbrother.com, um, what would, what would they start receiving? What would they, what would they get as far as communications? Well, the first thing that you get is the PDF, which is like a step-by-step -step guide with what we call our toolkit for addressing surveillance. But also you will be getting updates. You'll be getting smaller emails with chunks of information that kind of expound on different parts of it and help it to make more sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And so how did you start working on this project? Like, was there a certain event that made you go, oh, this needs to be a thing. So let's make it happen. Well, I've known about it for quite a long time, but I didn't realize the scope of it. And I didn't realize how far along it had come because a lot of these things come through kind of under the radar screen. And I'm finding that it's not only the general public that's not fully aware of what's going on. Sometimes even the people that are voting for this don't know precisely what all of this technology does. So I, in, in my affiliate, I got together with some of our other members and we were putting together a voter guide for a local election. And one of the people that we interviewed was an incumbent who knew that we had concerns because it had just been in the news that they had purchased 2000 surveillance cameras using a COVID grant to install in the city. And so that was our first question. And, and so in this voter guide, we're basically putting out there, these are the candidates that we think align best with libertarian values. Mm -hmm. So of course, that was the number one question is, what do you think about these surveillance cameras? And so as a result of that, one of the people knew that I had concerns about this and invited me to a smart city meeting. And this was an implementation meeting, not a public meeting, but this was the tech people and the people on the inside, like in the city and so forth. And I just really was alarmed by what I saw. Wow. Can you talk about some of the things that you did see in that first meeting and some of the stuff that you've seen since then, just for anybody who's unaware of, of what's going on? Well, I didn't realize the scope of what they were doing and how it, a lot of people think, okay, you're in public. You don't have a, a reasonable, um, it's not reasonable for you ex to expect that you will be private when you are in public. Right. And so that kind of makes sense is if you're walking down the street and someone walks by and takes your picture, there's not a whole lot that you can do about that. Mm. However, when you're talking about using facial recognition or license plate scanners, 
these personally identify people. Mm-hmm. And when you have these going all over town, they basically are tracking everywhere that you go and they're databasing it. So this is not just someone in public being seen by their fellow citizens. This is equivalent to stalking. Right. If, if another citizen followed you all over the city and made notes of everywhere that you went and everyone that you talked to and everything you did, that would be illegal. Right. <laughs> but I mean, if you're not doing anything wrong, why should why should you care, Elizabeth? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I tell people, well, you know, maybe you're not doing anything wrong now. Mm-hmm. But you don't know who's to say that what you're doing right now won't be illegal at some point in the future yep. and, and this come back to haunt you. And that sounds, I, I know when I talk about these things, a lot of times people, it, it sounds kind of hyperbolic, like I'm exaggerating, but we have to look at real life examples mm-hmm. of how this has been used in the world and I always tell people, when you want the government to do something for you, you have to give the government certain powers to do that. So then you have to ask the question, what would this power look like in the hands of the worst possible government? Whether that be totalitarian or whether that just be an incredibly inefficient government, either right. way. Um <laughs> You have to ask that question because by all the laws of probability, at some point you're going to get a really horrible government. Mm -hmm. And so the, um, when you think of some of the ways that this has been used, like in Myanmar, Mm -hmm. there were people who were opposed to the military there. They, were peacefully protesting, speaking out against the military, then the military has a coup and they're in power. Some of those same activists using this same technology that they are implementing now, use that technology to find them, hunt them down and execute them. So that is an extreme example. Mm -hmm. Will something like that ever happen here? My goodness, I hope not. But we have to consider if, if you're if you're thinking that this cannot be used in those kinds of ways, then to me, that's just being willfully ignorant at, at this point, because that should always be in the back of your mind. Yeah. I mean, especially after 2020, that should absolutely be in the back of your mind, although horrible things that the government did to private citizens who weren't hurting anybody um, during that time is pretty, you kind of have to have your head in the sand in order to ignore all of that. And it's, it's sometimes can get super frustrating. (laughs) Well, and it just seems to me like so much of that has been forgotten. Mm. I mean, there were people that had to wear ankle bracelets after testing positive for COVID to make sure that they didn't leave their house. I mean, that happened in this country and people just, it's like it never happened and they just forgot about it. 
Yep. People have really short memories. Like, I mean, and you don't even have to go to extreme examples either to like the whole argument. Well, I'm not doing anything wrong. Well, at some point you could be doing something that they consider wrong. Like FDR banned gold, you know, like something as simple and as intrusive to your economic freedom as that, like that happened during, during the forties and, or during the thirties, I guess. And uh, yeah, that it, things like that have happened many, many, many times over the last 80, 90, 100 years. Um, and they're going to keep happening, especially when the surveillance and the watchful eye gets bigger and bigger. And it really doesn't matter where you fall on the political spectrum. Right. This, this, this should matter to you. And I have like a couple of examples. So if you are a right-leaning person, you probably take your gun rights serious. So mm. they're going to know every time you go to a gun store <laughs> and when they start marrying these databases together, because there are a lot of places like in Cobb County, they are just rolling out an initiative to get people with private cameras to join them into the system. So that means if there are private cameras, they could even be keeping track of what you're purchasing. And if you add like the CBDCs, then they see your actual transactions. So all of this is coming together. It's called the mosaic effect. So in the same way, a mosaic, if you see one tile, it doesn't really tell you a lot. But when you zoom out and you see a lot of little tiles, it makes it together. It makes a big picture. And so these little tiny pieces of data that you produce as an individual, when they start marrying all these together, it gives them a very clear picture of your life and who you are. Mm -hmm. So if you go to a, a, a gun store and say that the gun laws change, they'll know what you have. Yeah. There recently with the uh, Roe versus Wade decision, there was talk of an abortion law that would penalize someone that left the state to get an abortion and come back. Well, if they're going to know that you went to the CVS and purchased a pregnancy test and left the state, that could set you up for suspicion. And so all of these different things, it doesn't matter what, where you are in the political spectrum, it should matter to you. You should not want this to happen. Right. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And uh, as well as like just if the let's say the Democrats are in charge right now um, and you're a Democrat and you're all for some of these things because you don't like what the Republicans are doing. Well, as soon as the Republicans get in power, they're going to use the exact same things against you. Um, and so the best. So that no matter who's in power, your rights can't be trampled. Right. And we never know when the political winds are going to change. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's just better. You don't want these kinds of things out there, no matter even if you like the people who are in charge at the moment. Right. And we like speaking of of like uh, government interacting with private citizens and, and using private cameras for surveillance. Uh, we talked about an article on Liberty Libations where a guy in the U.K., uh, had his smart home shut down because the, a delivery driver 
thought he heard a racial slur over over the uh, intercom, over the ring doorbell. And so he had his whole Amazon smart home shut down because a delivery driver thought he heard something. <laughs> right. It, it's I don't think that people really have an appreciation for exactly how valuable your data is. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's just like all of the pictures all over social media, Clearview AI, which is a company that helps to, to drive a lot of this facial recognition software, it regularly scrapes social media. Mm-hmm to get images for people. So think about that where they do the, the 10 year posts that people will put up. This is what I look like 10 years ago, you know, update right. it. Well, they're getting updated information while you do that. And so I know a lot of people, they, they think that I'm a little extreme because I don't put my picture out there. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's part of my data that's valuable. It's a valuable thing that I possess. And so I'm very particular about who gets that data. And so every time you go to a grocery store and use a rewards card or whatever, at least in those situations, those people are giving you something in return for your data. Any social media or Google or whatever that you use is free it's not really free. You're exchanging your data mm -hmm. for that because it's something valuable. But when you're out walking around in your community, they're getting all of that data for free. You're not even consenting to it. Right. And most of these companies, they, the technology is owned by corporations that are in partnership with the government. So they're still getting your data for free. Right. But in this case, you're not even getting anything in return, like a store discount or, you know, free social media. You're getting things in return. It's just things you don't want. <laughs> that, well, yeah. Good what's, point. What, what's the quote? It's uh, if, if something is free, then you're the product. That's that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And that, that applies so much. I think I mean, I, one of the one of the things that happened was like technology of today came across came so quickly that no one really had time to adjust to it and understand that every single bit of information that you put into a computer is valuable and can be used for you or against you and can be valuable to you. You can, you can, there are certain companies out there. Um, I know, um, uh, UBDC, I can't remember the name of it. Um, but they, UBDI, UBDI, they used to, um, basically you were able to say this data is okay to sell and I want a profit share from it. Um, this data is not okay to share. And you, like it, you connect it with all your websites, everything that, everything that you do online and it will cut off certain sources, um, from knowing certain things about you and knowing parts of your data. And there are services like that popping up now, which are going to become really valuable as people start to learn that their information is a valuable asset. Yeah. And the sooner that people realize this, the better. Mm -hmm. And anything that you put into a cloud, you don't own. <laughs> Correct. And <laughs> so the Medicare, I guess, is sending out all of these free bracelets for all of the old folks to wear so they can keep track of their heartbeat and their 
oxygen levels and all of this stuff. And it all mm. goes into a cloud. And Yuval Harari, who he's, for those who are not familiar with him, he's kind of an interesting person because he's out there while he's pushing all of this, he's at the same time warning us what's going to happen with it. But he's like, if you're in North Korea, you listen to the great leader, give a speech, you're mm -hmm. wearing this bracelet. You can sit there and you can smile and you can clap and pretend that you like it. But if they have that data with your, your, heartbeat and your respiration and all of that, they know your true reaction. And again, that's an extreme example, but it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, you're darn right. Um, so with this big brand or banish big brother project, um, when they get the toolkit, um, what's the first What's like the first thing that someone could easily do to, to start fighting against this whole surveillance state? Well, they could get in touch with us uh, for mm -hmm. one thing, because then we can offer them support. And then when we work together with other communities, that's also helpful. But one of the first things you can do is just file an open records act request in your community and find out exactly what they have and what mm. they're doing with it. Yeah. Um, and this, so this isn't just limited to major cities like Atlanta. It's going to be smaller towns and communities. Is that correct? So the first rollout was with the big cities, but mm. now the, the second, what I call the second tier cities, it's already in all of those as well. So if you live in a, good sized city, even if it's not a huge metropolitan area, you already have this. Mm. Now they are in the process of rolling it out to some of the smaller cities. Mm -hmm. But the goal they expressed in this meeting that I attended that the goal is to have 500 smart cities by the year 2025. So if you do the math, that's around 10 per state. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you live in any city of any size, you're going to be in some somewhere in the development process. So how does how do things like this pass? Like do, do things like this have to go through a voting procedure of your you know local city council or can like, you know, the local police department just start implementing things like this? So it varies. Some police departments and law enforcement agencies can get grants so that they can get all of this technology for free. <laughs> and in some cases they do this and the elected representatives have no idea. Mm -hmm. In other cases, the cities, the, it's whether it's the county commission or a city council, they do vote on it. But in some of those cases, even they are not 100% aware of what they're voting for. They right. haven't done the research. And there's this tendency whenever somebody gives you a grant, it's like, oh, well, this is free money. Let's just take it. Mm -hmm. And they don't even look into what they're doing with the money and whether it's a good idea. It's just this attitude that if it's free, we should just automatically take it. Yep. 
that's that's one of the biggest problems is people don't like free money is hard to turn down and free money is never free money in the end. Um, exactly. And almost all of this is being funded through grants. Right. There there's not a lot of taxpayer dollars used to implement it. Now, some of the things like the uh, some of the smart street lights there was a question as to why are these costing us so much more to run these smart streetlights? They're, they're LEDs. Shouldn't they be less expensive? Mm -hmm. and, and this is something that came up in my city council. Well, it's because they're loaded with surveillance <laughs> and the, the city council members didn't know that, but now they're already in place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh, I think we lost Elizabeth for a moment. Um, she came back for just a second, but I mean, she's completely right about people not understanding what is in the bills that they're passing. Um, there are so many times where a bill will get passed and the people who are passing it didn't read the whole thing. Um, and that is a huge problem. Like, you want to talk about not representing your best interests and like the people you're voting for not representing you and what you want that just not reading a bill is a very basic, very basic problem that is completely fixable. Um, it's just kind of, it's unfathomable to me that you're, you're in charge of telling people what they can and can't do, which I think is bogus, but you're in charge of telling people what they can and can't do. And you're not even going to read the entire bill and strive to understand it. That is unbelievable to me. All right, Elizabeth, you're back on. Sorry about that. That's all right. That's all right. I just picked up where you left off. <laughs> um, I think, uh, I think we can wrap up there, Elizabeth. I think this is, you think this is a good point for people to, uh, to, you know, go to banishbigbrother.com, enter your email address and get your toolkit on how to fight these smart cities and how to fight against uh, mass surveillance of, of you and the people around you. Um, well, there are, there are yeah. a couple of things coming up and Sweet. one is on July the 17th. Okay. I'll be giving a presentation on all of the technology, exactly how it works. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the drawbacks and that is sponsored by our Gwinnett County affiliate. Okay. And that will be at St. Michael independent old Catholic church in Loganville. Okay. Awesome. And then in the fall, we are doing a, a, we're calling it the banished big brother pub crawl. Nice. Which is going to take place in Savannah. So Savannah Perfect place for that. Yeah, Savannah has an unusual situation in that they can't just go and speak at their city council. The city council has to vote on whether or not they want to hear what you have to say. So wow. they're kind of they're kind of limited as to uh, you know getting their voice out. So we've decided that we're going to do the pub crawl there, and so we hope that people will come and join us. We're going to be wearing like masks and 
clothing <laughs> that's the, the clothing light with faces on it that's supposed to thwart the facial recognition. Right. And then we'll have signs and stuff and we'll go around to some different pubs and also do a tour of the surveillance, just point out cameras and things like that. Mm -hmm. And hopefully get a lot of people asking questions and saying, Hey, what are y'all doing? I'm, I'm picturing a bunch of oddly dressed ninjas walking around town, pointing at streetlights. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so these are the kinds of things that will help bring attention to the problem. It's like, okay, if you won't listen to us one way, maybe you'll listen to us another. So that we don't have a date for that yet, but it should be in the early fall. So if anyone wants to follow us on Eventbrite or just tune in to our, um, our website mm -hmm. and, and keep looking. We'll have a, a date out soon. I love it. I love it. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate you doing all this work and fighting, you know, these things that almost no one has heard of. I, I hadn't, I didn't even know about them until you told me about them, you know, last year. So uh, it, I think it's super important work and I think more people need to understand what's going on without them realizing it. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And y'all go to banishbigbrother.com, um, enter your email address, get on that email list um, so that you can get updates. And we're going to, like Elizabeth said, there's going to be events um, and you can go to lpgeorgia.com for a lot more information on the Libertarian Party of Georgia, as well as events that we host um, like Range Day and Brush Fires Public Speaking and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I think that'll do it for today. Thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to tune in to Liberty Libations every Thursday night at 8 p.m. and come back for more free Georgia podcast next Tuesday. Elizabeth, thanks again. Thank you. All right, we'll see you all later. Peace.